Welcome to On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. I'm your host, Christy Graham. What you just heard was our Samaritan's Purse caravan plane with members of our Disaster Assistance Response Team, or DART, flying into one of the areas of the Bahamas that was devastated by Hurricane Dorian. The team hit the ground running with critically needed relief supplies within days of the disaster, and they have been going nonstop to help those affected ever since. Have you ever wanted to know what happens behind the scenes when Samaritan's Purse rushes relief to a disaster zone? We've got 84 people down there. Have you ever wished you could be a fly in the wall as our DART does its work? We're taking temporary shelter materials. We're taking desalinization plants. Well, I recently got to see it all firsthand. And today, I'm going to take you with me as we experience one day in the life of a Samaritan's Purse DART. Um, And we've just seen patient after patient. I started out early in the morning from our international headquarters in the mountains of North Carolina. We went to meet up with the team loading relief supplies onto our DC-8 cargo plane in Greensboro. As I traveled down, I tried to prepare my heart for what I was about to see. When Hurricane Dorian blasted the Bahamas, it brought massive devastation. So far, dozens of people have been reported killed with thousands more missing. I knew this wasn't going to be easy. The plane was loaded up with heavy-duty tarps, hygiene kits, and other urgently needed supplies, as well as medical staff and other disaster responders. On our way to the Bahamas, I talked with Ken Isaacs, who serves as Vice President of Programs and Government Relations for Samaritan's Purse. Ken oversees all international relief projects, which has taken him to 120 countries in response to global emergencies, resulting from wars, complex crisis, famines, and natural disasters. So we are on the DC-8, headed to relief efforts in the Bahamas. I have Ken Isaacs with me. Can you tell us exactly what we're doing, where we're headed? Well, we're in the DC-8 today, and there's about uh, 30 tons of relief cargo in here. We have 84 staff on the ground, everything from water engineers to doctors and logisticians and nurses and anesthesiologists, x-ray technicians. We've got the whole gamut. Now, how do you distribute these supplies to the people? So distribution is always an important thing, and you always need a distribution network. And what Samaritan's Purse does that is very unique is we reach out to dozens and hundreds of churches, whatever that number is, and we have many of those networks uh, pre-existing because of Operation Christmas Child. But we go to our church partners around the world, we bring them together, we meet with them, Uh, We help them mobilize and get organized, and then they go back into their communities, and we organize drop-off points, and then they will be the distribution points to people in their communities. We want to do all that we can. We believe that the quality of our work is the platform of our witness, so we want to do a good job. We want to treat people with love. We want to treat people with respect and decency. We want to see the sick healed. We want to see the hungry fed. We want to see the cold with a blanket. We want to see people with a roof over their head. These are all very natural things that we do. It's not exactly rocket science, but we try to deliver it with love, compassion, and respect. You're an experienced disaster responder. So how do you come into these responses? How do you prepare yourself? So that's a personal question. 
Every disaster is a little different. <clears throat> and I have to have a wall between me and what's going on. But when somebody asks me a question like that, it sort of permeates the wall. Um, but I have described it before, like having a mosquito net up. You can see through the net and you can see what's going on on the other side, but the net needs to be thick enough that the emotions can't come in on you. And you can do that later, but you don't want to do that now, not, not in the middle of it. Ken's wisdom and expertise were invaluable to me on this trip. My favorite quote of his that has become an informal mission statement for the team is, the quality of our work is the platform of our witness. It reminds me of 1 Peter 2.12, which says, keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. We landed in Freeport, Grand Bahama, where Samaritan's Purse set up an emergency field hospital after the island's main medical facility was destroyed by flooding and electrical damage. Our tent hospital can serve up to 100 patients and is filled with a dynamic team of nurses, doctors, technicians, surgeons, biotech engineers, and pharmacists, all ready to respond to any medical need. Over 90 patients were served just in the first day alone. We jumped off of one aircraft and onto another to get out to the hospital. Our Samaritan's Purse helicopter is invaluable in transporting people and supplies in places where disasters have left communities nearly unreachable. When we landed, we were greeted by Dr. Elliot Tenpenny, who serves as the medical director for the emergency field hospital. So where are we? Uh, we are in Freeport, Bahamas, and we're at emergency field hospital. The hospital is constantly buzzing with patients. Just to set it up, the staff literally worked around the clock and they haven't stopped since. Here's Nurse Kelly Suter. Floating all the supplies uh, is always all hands on deck. When we deploy, we deploy a team of not just nurses and doctors, but of course, you know, build specialists, electricians, biomedical, x-ray techs, um, and everybody does everything. Everyone picks up a shovel and pitches in and helps carry things. So it's all hands on deck and it's, um, you know, usually 18 hour days and working through the night with floodlights if we have electricity and making it happen. They're sleeping on cots and tents and eating MREs, sitting outside on rolls of tarp. It's extremely hot and their only source of airflow comes from large oscillating fans. As we made the rounds and heard from patients, they told us how surprised and grateful they were to receive such excellent medical care. They're still not nauseous, not nauseated. And how's the pain medication working? Good, what's your pain at right now? Zero out of 10, where were you at before? And you're at, you're at a five now? And what were you at before? Perfect, that's good. I like that. Our team is seeing a wide variety of injuries and sickness. One patient named Troy had a badly infected cut on his arm, an injury that happened when he was rescuing his neighbors from the floodwaters. Uh, I was rescuing some people right after the storm and they got bit with something in the water. Oh. And this one is, it is not going, it looks like it's infected. So I'm here to get some medical attention. Yeah, I was just in the water and, and I, I felt when someone nicked me, but I was so focused on trying to get, the guy that I was transporting was paralyzed. 
So I was trying to get him out of the water and to show as fast as possible. And then, like last night, I felt a lump coming on my chest, and I was eating just now. And I went my mouth, I saw. The, the, so I said, I think my body has some an infection, but I need to have some medical attention taken care of. So I got over to the main hospital first, and they told me to, and they directed me over here. Mm -hmm. so I, said, I like the setup. It's, it's real nice. This is, you see, I'm, I'm laid down. I'm relaxed. I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm loving it. It's, it's real nice. I appreciate it. And then there was Dwayne, whose son just came out of surgery. We came here like um, around 11 o'clock or so. He came at 11. In fact, he started to feel his pain in his stomach and his side last night. Yeah. And then he went to work this morning because he worked at Bradford Marine. And he felt the pain in his side and he came in this morning again. He said he started to feel it again. So he came right in and that happened so quickly. Yeah, he went right into surgery within, within an hour, two hours' time. It was emergency surgery. And now he's recovering now. It's doing well. It is. So you guys are blessing on this island right now. We need all the help we can get. So it's great. Yeah. The excellent care is the platform God has allowed this team to use to go deeper and meet spiritual needs. The staff is able to pray with patients and their family members and offer hope that is only found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. That it's not just about providing their medical needs, but caring for them as a whole person, caring for them as someone loved by, by Jesus and, um, you know, approaching it in that manner. And it just, you can see it in their faces, you can see it in the staff. It just, it brings a whole nother layer. Um, and it's, it's, it's always awesome to watch this unfold. Many of them have left their families to serve, but when you watch them in action and talk to them about their work, they're filled with joy and enthusiasm. Many, like Barb Rash, come back time and time again to serve. She's gone everywhere with us, from Ecuador to Iraq to, well, pretty much everywhere we've ever gone. <laughs> I like to go. I, I say, Elliot, can I go? Can I go? And he lets me go. Everyone I talked to said they will stay as long as the Lord wants them here. None of them are eager to get home. They're willing to push through the challenges because they're sold out for what God has asked them to do. You know, I, I think God was preparing me my whole life for this. I really do. So I think I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. On this deployment, our DART was joined by rapid response team chaplains from the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. These chaplains offer spiritual and emotional care to the patients and their families. And I am a chaplain with the Billy Graham Rapid Response Team. And what we do is we share emotional and spiritual care with people in time for crisis. And basically all that is is we talk to people. Young Peter was brought in by his grandmother to get his feet checked out. But he had a greater issue going on internally, a crisis. And one of the best things to do, Peter, is, is to talk about it. And so if you would like to, you'd like to talk about anything with me that is like something that's sticking, that doesn't move. This hurricane is not a normal thing that happens every day but we respond in a normal way because that's the way God made us. His mother died a year ago, way before the storm, but this storm has intensified his memories of her, triggered it to the point where he's deeply depressed. Here's what we want you to think about, Peter. I want to just say this, that God loves you. He loves you so much, um, and so do we. And in order for um, 
to help you to be able to lift your head up. To lift your head up. And so we were able to sit down with Peter, let him know first of all that God loves him and everyone here that he's met loves him as well. You're a child of God. And so what you're going through right now is absolutely hard because it's trauma and it's suffering. But guess what? God can cut through all of that. I loved seeing all of the great work at the field hospital and meeting our staff there. So it was hard to drag myself away when it was time to head to the next stop, our base of operations on Marsh Harbor. This small town in the Abaco Islands of the Bahamas was completely devastated as communities were destroyed and left as piles of rubble. As we flew over the hardest hit areas, the magnitude of the catastrophe truly weighed me down and left me speechless. Brick and concrete buildings demolished, boats flipped upside down, trees snapped, and houses looking like a pile of sticks. Because now they're really starting to concentrate, listen to radio calls, what we have to once again, I was blown away by the professionalism and grit of our team on the ground. The sun was piercingly bright and the heat was intense on the tarmac at the airport, where the U.S. military was landing their large helicopters filled with some of the supplies that we had brought over on the DC-8. Our staff was busy unloading and organizing supplies to get them to the worst affected areas as quickly as possible. They never stopped moving. When I got our DART leader, Bev Caulfield, to sit down for a few minutes, she only wanted to talk about the goodness of God and the favor he has shown our team. So we're here in Marsh Harbor. I was wondering if you could just tell me what, what's around us, what the team does here. Yes, we've been unloading supplies from Nassau. The U.S. military have been helping us, and we've got tarp, we've got hygiene kits, we've got MREs, which are uh, just food packets to get to people. We have generators. Uh, we also have brought um, two... Uh, desalination units, so basically making salt water into drinkable water that we've been setting up to help people. I have never been to a disaster. <laughs> Looking around, I mean, it just, the trees are all knocked over. Um, it's, they're not green. It's brown. It looks almost like a fire came through here. Can you just explain to me, you've been in many disasters. What is different here? Well, I think every disaster is, is different because you never know what you're going to get. Uh, I, ironically, when I started with SP 20 years ago, I did Hurricane Mitch, and I haven't done any hurricanes until this one. Um, you know, here in Marsh Island, there's a lot of wind damage, and so things were just absolutely, uh, they're just flattened. I think you saw from the air what it looked like. Uh, it just looks like a big, like, pickup sticks. I mean, there's some places where there's boats piled up on each other. And then you go up to Freeport, and it's a lot of uh, water damage. They had up to six, seven, eight, almost 10 feet at the airport, and the, the hospital got damaged. And so different type of um uh like we have wind damage here and then you have water damage over there so those responses sometimes can be a little bit different but here everything is just flattened uh it's it's actually really really sad to see mm -hmm. i don't think i've ever seen any so much destruction mm -hmm. but it's just been um yeah incredible mm -hmm. you talked about god's favor and times where people have stepped in and given you things and t sometimes you didn't even ask for it. You knew you, need, you had a need. Can you give a story of a time where the Lord just gave you what you need, maybe even before you even said it out loud? I, uh, I can't even explain to you without probably getting a little bit emotional. Um, and I'm being drowned out by a military helicopter. Uh, everywhere we go, I, I can't even explain to you, like, when my guys first came here, they literally had people coming to them, giving them cars, giving them gas, giving them a place to stay. You know, with God and a, a team like this, we've literally seen mountains move. 
After spending time with our team and seeing God's favor and how God is using them, it was hard to say goodbye. I can see why so many DART staff go back again and again. Serving the Lord and His people kept them going, even with all the challenges. The verse I think of when I think of the team is Isaiah 58, 10 through 11. If you extend your soul to the hungry and satisfy the afflicted soul, then your light will shine dawn in the darkness and your darkness shall be as noonday. The Lord will guide you continually and satisfy your soul in drought and strengthen your bones. You will be like a watered garden and like a spring of water whose waters do not fail. You mentioned your team. How can we be praying and partnering with you as you do the hard work on the ground? I mean, first and foremost, just be praying for the people that we are, we're serving here. Um, we've heard so many stories. There's people who haven't even found their loved ones um, who are buried. And, you know, and just pray for them. I can't even imagine. I know what it's like to go through trauma. Um, and that lasts a lifetime with you. Pray for, pray for stamina. Pray for wisdom. This is a unique deployment, so close to the U.S. Um, in a more Western country, it, it presents unique challenges, relational challenges, ministry of health, and how we're working together with a local hospital. Um, pray for just stamina. We've been out here in this heat, setting this place up, and people are tired. Now they get to pivot and take care of patients, and uh, and provide services. So, those are the prayers that I would ask for. So when it's hot, they may not stop. Uh, like they would normally. So ju just pray for their health, pray for their stamina, pray that they could rest well at night, pray that they would have wisdom, pray for clarity as they deal with many, many humanitarian needs, many people coming to them from different directions and all of them have lost something or they've lost everything. Um, of course we could use all the prayers that, that we can get. Um, the team is, is working very hard. It's always very hard work. It's hot here. Um, we're close to the beach, but we're not swimming in the beach. Um, so of course, praying for the staff, praying for their continued, um, their courage, their compassion, um, their strength, both physical, mental, spiritual. Um, and then of course, always praying for the individuals that we meet, the individuals that we're working with. Um, there's so many just heart-wrenching stories that that we're hearing, um, you know, even from the, the local staff that are coming to work with us, some of their stories are just unbelievable. Um, so we could use a lot of prayers for them as they, you know, start this long journey of repairing, rebuilding, and, and moving on. Those are just some of the prayer requests from our staff on the ground. We would be grateful if you would partner with us in prayer and keep those requests on your heart as we continue to serve in that area. Thanks so much for joining us today. And if you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us a review and follow us on social media. In the show notes on our website, you will also find a full tour of the field hospital with Dr. Tenpenny and some of the photos of the day and a life of a dart, along with other great extras. Again, thanks so much for tuning in, and I hope you'll join me for the next time on the ground with Samaritan's Purse.